all here self-selected right so there's I guess immediately for me there's something that tells me there is a healthy drive inside of all of you to want to talk about things that have been going on in your life right like it's it's quite a big thing to put yourself forward to do this and I, I recognize that but it it also speaks to me that there's something really healthy inside of you that wants to talk wants to share wants to connect and so I wonder where the group wants to begin previous role so I was working at children's hospital I was in theatres um, and a lot of my roles in the, in the, in the night in my night shifts was the sick children down in if we call it PICU, which is Pediatric Intensive Care Unit. You'd go down, collect the child, bring them up, do what we had to do, bring them back down. Um, I guess I found my role because it was so busy. The only times I would talk to the parents down on the ward was basically just checking information, making sure it's the right child, doing our normal checks as we would do. But I never got a chance to obviously, there's only once, maybe twice, I got to really speak to the parents and kind of allow them to, to bring that emotion onto me because it's, they need to let it off. And obviously the nurses down there are just, they've got to do what they've got to do. Mm -hmm. um, so from hearing it from your point of view, it's, it's, it's a real eye-opener for me. I think you can get stuck in your role, you know, especially in my role, it was a lot of the kids really sick. We've got to get them up, we've got to do what we've got to do to make sure they, they carry on. Mm -hmm. So. Hearing it from your point of view, I, I, I just never, I never, and I was there seven years, I never had that. I've never had this kind of listening to, to the actual feelings that are coming down from there. And I guess for me, it's, I've never been in a situation because I've never had, like, it's not an attachment, it's not my child, it's not, it's not, my, you know, my family member. But I always used to bring that same kind of game to every case I had was, you know, I could always just see that's that's my that's my little cousin, that's 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 my little brother, whatever it might be, because mm. you know you, you see that in your everyday. So this is a real life opener, and and, and I just want to say halfway through, thanks for sharing it, because mm. not just for us here, not for just people who um, may be going through similar situations with with their pregnancy and their, and their childbirth, but also for for people you know working in the care sector that may not have that patient. I'm sorry, that that contact with the parents, so in the children's hospital and stuff like that, they may not have that contact with parents that, like we would do in theatres, you know, not like the, 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 the nursing staff, so it's really kind of really important for us to listen to that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I was just going to say as well, I know, I know it's, um, but I think it, it, personally for myself, by you sharing that, um, as alluding to having kind of surgeries and stuff, like I've probably never understood the things that happened to me that my parents felt in those moments um, and understanding that, you know, and then you're saying yourself, by you sharing that, then I, you can kind of understand like the nurses had a job, what the actual impact of seeing your child or, you know, someone that you care about has an effect on the parent. So it's probably in my growing up then with, maybe shards of anger and frustration and stuff as a kid, um, being able to actually, because I've never had that kind of verbalised from my parents about the impact that it had on them. So seeing you kind of talk about it, I understand that there's probably a depth of story behind that in theirs. Yeah. Um, so it allows me to kind of work through my own stuff. So I really, really appreciate you sharing that because that's, that, 
super powerful dude. Mm. So thanks. Mm. Can I ask a question about Sammy in this? You said you were aware of kind of these thoughts about, God, I just want to get out the room or, you know, like I would just like a moment for this not to be happening or, you know, and the, the kind of aftermath then, the impact that it had on you as a parent, right? Kind of we've, we've alluded to that in other sessions. What impact did it have on Sammy? Um, she talks about, uh, well, yeah, a lot about not being able to be the one doing the things that maybe she thought that she should be doing in relation to the, the changes, to, to just lift, lifting, yeah. lifting the child. Kind of the mothering and yeah. role. Yeah. yeah. Um, having to be reliant on, um, on other people because of the surgery and things. Mm -hmm. She also had a, a lot of issues with her, um, she had some tummy problems afterwards um, that kind of kept her in hospital for, for more days than, than would have been kind of normal, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so having that discomfort as well, you know, it just all kind of came together to be that she didn't necessarily feel I, th I think from a because she was breastfeeding and things, the connection with with Lottie was was there mm -hmm. straight away. Um, yeah, she she does talk, or she has talked a lot about the, the the helplessness, not being able to to be that provider that again, mm -hmm. it's kind of seen that she should be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I asked because last time I, I mentioned there was this psychologist called Winnicott and back in the day it was really shocking and I think it still is shocking, although you know it really shouldn't be, but he wrote about this idea about how uh, there are 17 reasons why a mother uh, should and does hate her children, right? Uh, it didn't include fathers, but I, I would extend it to dads too. Um, and I guess the one thing that has been struck with me and, and, and stuck with me, I would say, I mean, interesting that, you know, there was a stuckness within both births too, but this, this element of you holding so much of the feeling, right, component, right, you really were in touch with those feelings, right? And at times, what we also know really does happen in relationships is that um, the kind of if it doesn't feel safe to feel that towards the baby, right? Like you were able to feel safe enough to both say, I feel these really strong feelings towards my baby, right? Because I know I'm not gonna act on them, right? We know they're normal, we know they're healthy actually. You're not gonna do anything about that. You just are allowed to feel what you feel. And I wondered, did Sammy ever get in touch with her feelings then? And again, this might not be one for you to answer here in this format, but it might be one to think about together in a way that if at times it doesn't feel safe for the mum to have those feelings towards her baby, because we know the baby is so fragile on top of what you've talked about, right? So helpless, having all of these medical interventions, then at times they might be located in you, right? Like where it feels safer. So you might feel a double whammy of feelings, like your feelings and Sammy's feelings <coughs> towards Lottie. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I, I think I've asked her those questions. Okay. And I don't, I think she said, no, you didn't have those kind of feelings. Whether, mm. like I say, it's um, I, I'd I'd like to clarify when I said about those feelings, the stronger feelings. Mm. It was when when that it was during that 
that four, four hours. Mm. So we didn't we didn't know Lottie who Lottie was at that time. Mm -hmm. It was it was this it was a baby. It was this thing that was mm -hmm. that was doing this to my wife. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a a big separation between. Lottie, as soon as she was there, as soon as I, you know, had saw her for the first time, you know, with holding her for the first time, all of those feelings went. So, it, you know, so there's a separation between that and and what I was feeling to what what this is going on. Yeah. yeah. So. I do also want to normalise, though it's really healthy and normal. Yeah, to have I, and I know angry that I'm. Feelings, furious feelings. I know that I'm consciously trying to get away from the fact that that those are. Yeah. 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 Um, and actually, though, I I, I say that because I think it's a really important message that people hear, right? Including you as the group here, but that you know you talked about there, feeling these shards. Such a beautiful way to describe that, right? Like shards of anger towards your parents. And yet, you know, our parents feel that towards us as children, yeah. right? Why would they not? And and we feel it when they are very young, and we feel it when they're old. So, it you know, it's 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 all part and parcel. I'm afraid of the human condition and being in relationships with each other. Yeah, that's why honesty is so beautiful to hear someone have the courage to say it because mm -hmm. people think it. You know, it's thought about. I've you know, I have I've had difficult thoughts about my wife at times, you know, but I think everybody has difficult thoughts about their partners. They want to be with them, they don't want to be with them, you know. And I can only imagine it's compounded when you've got a child and mm -hmm. you've been through that stressful, traumatic experience, mm -hmm. which needs to be healed from anyway. But moving forwards, you know, like having a child after going through such a traumatic experience, my interest is, is how your parenting shapes around that traumatic beginning. You know, do you look at this as Lottie as this beautiful gift that was given to you, which maybe you know, or you know, or is there an element I've really got to protect her here because it started off very touch and go, and I was really so worried about I'm going to be overprotective and I'm going to try and do everything I can and I'm going to keep her safe from everything. Do you see what I mean? Not saying that's what you're like, but that's what's interesting to me is if I go through a traumatic experience, it's going to shape the way I deal with that mm -hmm. person. Yeah. I just wonder if you've had a chance to sort of think about how that has affected your parenting now, or if I, it hasn't? I haven't, actually. I haven't thought about it in that way. Um, I think we consciously try to not parent her differently to how we were parented, but differently in the relation to the words that we're using and um, the kind of the ways that we'll explain stuff. Um, but no, I've not really... I mean, the, the kind of overprotection, I, I, you know, she is my daughter, and. And there is going to be that. You know, no one's allowed to come round or anything. Fifty-five. Thinking of bad boys too. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I guess the if I if I if I do think about that, um, then 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 maybe there'd be, a, yeah, it was a bit touch and go. So yeah, maybe maybe I am. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, you know, that to to an extent where it would be a bad thing, um, because if if anything, she would benefit from you know being a bit more, um, I don't know, kind of bullish, going you know going going to get it. But maybe that's maybe that's come from 
from us. I have to be careful, you know. Um, well, Rosie, on the other hand, she's, you know, she's climbing up. Got, got some stuff down from the loft. And before I knew it, Rosie, 18 months, halfway up the, halfway up the ladders. <laughs> okay. Look at me. Um, so she's a lot more, but, you know, maybe that's just second kid, you know, mm -hmm. second child. She's seen everything that Lottie does at, uh, at nearly four. <coughs> she, wow, I can do that. You know, not even two, so. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, yeah, maybe there is a little bit of that. Maybe she is less... Um, um, well, you know what I mean. They're, maybe she's not taking those 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 risks and challenges. She she won't jump off, you know, a a, a high what's it because she she might feel a, a bit afraid or whatnot. Maybe that has come from us being a bit more. Oh, watch out! Because she was our first best mm -hmm. child against other children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's just been fascinating to hear. I've never heard such in-depth about... Mm. I mean, my brother's had two kids and don't talk about it in it's this depth. It's not talked so about, though, is it? And that's the, that's the point. That, like I said, like you, you mentioned, should that be a bit more open and, and available and out there? Um, the only thing is that they're not all like that. And I wouldn't necessarily want to gear someone up to expect the worst period period of the life but to be to be honest the people that I've spoken to afterwards have said yeah you were, you were quite right um, but at least they had some kind of preparation we, we were going in thinking everything was going to be absolutely fine you know Lottie was going to come out swimming in the pool um, which speaks to the bit at the start where you really did say and I, I've kind of made a reference to it right which is this part of you that had a plan for Earlston and was really like gripped by that plan. And when you let go of that plan, you were able to kind of um, go about the day differently, right? She can sleep in the car, uh, she can sleep in the pram and we can, and it made me wonder about this plan that you have for the birth, mm. right? And whether there was this, I heard really clearly the, what I'm moving away from, we don't want this, as opposed to the moving towards, like we do want that. Yeah. And I, I just wondered about that part of you that, do you think having that plan, you know, because it sounded like the part of you that was really railing against the rigidity of the plan with Earlston, right? Like, I don't want to have to do it at this time because the kids are doing it at that, you know. How, did, how does that compare to the plan that you had for the birth? And then what didn't go to plan? Yeah, I think, I think we were focused as well on what we didn't want to happen mm. and what you focus on grows. So it was, it was, one of those where it, it did it was starting to happen and therefore you focus on it is starting to happen and then it's it just magnifies then so yeah. but yeah i think we we definitely went in with a plan of yeah this is how we want it to go mm -hmm. uh, or at least an expectation of this is how it should go because mm -hmm. we've done the course you know yeah, we did not work and obviously work. that works yeah. um so yeah maybe maybe analysing it more, it was because it wasn't going to plan, it was heightened right. so much. Right. But during that time, you know, you talk about the midwife not being there for most of the time, was it just yourself and your, and your partner in the room? Yeah. Yeah, so when, when things maybe weren't going right medically, did you feel like they, I know you talked about them talking, almost treating you like children when they were explaining it, but did they sit you down and say, look, obviously I know you, 
I know you had a plan for this, I know this is the kind of things you wanted to do, but unfortunately we're not able to do it that way because of this, or we need to do... Do you feel like you really had a... If we talk about being a part of a team, did you really feel like you had that communication lockdown between... And I think, it, it, looking back at it, if you had that communication with them and they came in and said, absolutely, I know you wanted to do it this way and this way, but unfortunately we can't do it because of this, do you feel like you could have let go of that plan a little bit? And maybe kind of rolled with the punches a little bit more. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, um, there, the, yeah. There wasn't communication with with that midwife at all, um, and like, as I say, it felt like she wasn't respecting what we were asking mm. um, by saying, you know, could you direct your your communication to me and I can relay it on, and then them not doing that, mm. you know, it doesn't instill doesn't instill trust. Mm. Um, and you are trusting, you know, trusting it to the experts, mm. um, which I think that's probably why, second time around, we had the doula. Mm -hmm. um, we advocated so much for ourselves in the early stages. We said no to the consultant, um, even though, whilst it wasn't, because um, you know, as you know, you can kind of say, "Well, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. That's fine." Um, a consultant suggested that it was recommended that we may be, maybe come in for a, a, a final session, and we both said, I don't think our minds will change that we don't want to be consultant-led. Um, we... Um, th there were a lot of things in terms of, you know, they wanted to push for an induction. Mm -hmm. They wanted to push for a C-section. And this is, they wanted to get us to sign a bit of paper that would say at 40 weeks we would have a C-section. No, mm -hmm. we're not, we're not going to do that because that's, it's not, it's not what we, we want, but also we'd, we were much more read up. Mm -hmm. we'd, we'd done the, the research. We, um, and there's a, there's a lot of newer stuff coming out that, that won't filter down into NHS. Um, practices because of how many, how much red tape there is, mm. how much, well, you can't just try it. Yeah. You've got to, even though there's a clinical trial that suggests this, you can't just, manu you know, you can't just shoehorn that into this particular patient um, because it's got to go, it's got to go up before it comes down. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff that we were reading that literally contradicted what they were suggesting. Um, you know, it, it, with um, so a, bit, a, a big thing is uterine rupture with a, after a C-section if you go down the a vaginal delivery, um, but induction increases that risk and almost double. Yeah. But that's what they were. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted to do. So again, we we had to I'd say we had to. We wanted to advocate for ourselves. We wanted that um, that control. I guess mm -hmm. we wanted to take take control because we felt so out of control last time and it is something that I look look at and if we if it's it's a sticking point for me of having any more is the process to to get to the to the birth all of that advocating for ourselves having to do that over again and then the birth itself is what's that experience going to be like mm. um, that's what worries me about having having more. Mm -hmm. plan, was there much of a, you know, you're saying about the plan the first time, the second time, did you have the same, was the plan the same or did you 
kind of change it a, a little bit again? Well, I don't think there was much of one. We had our preferences and mm -hmm. what we wanted to, to do. And I think because we had done all of the reading and, 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 and we were clued up on it, Sammy more than I was, um, I think the plan was a bit more fluid. Mm. And it went, obviously, the second time was things were... Went and well. things went differently, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. We we um, we had a, a pool which we didn't have last time. We were scared out of having that because um, we asked, and it was it the answer was, was if you do that, you'll be um, there isn't um, I can't remember what it's called now, but if the baby is immediately can't the unwell, baby monitoring, can you? No, well you you, you can because there are. Oh, okay. There are waterproof wireless ones. Okay. Um, but again, that wasn't, oh, you can't do that. And do you have a wireless one? Do you have a waterproof one? Yes, we do. It's like, well, you can do that. Mm. Um, but the, if a baby's immediately unwell, they go on to a, a thing with a heater mm. thing. That can't be in the room for obvious reasons. But that was, that was what was used for them not giving us that room. Mm. It was, oh, you're, you know, this was before they, there wasn't anything wrong with with Lottie. There weren't any increased signs or anything, but it was oh we're we're two rooms away from the the what's it? So I'd I'd rather you not kind of thing, rather than saying well yeah that's fine because the the signs are all are all okay. Um. So so yeah, I guess having that advocation, having that control almost and. I think being being a couple of years on as well, having the having had the experience last time, I definitely didn't want to have that again, and it kind of gave me the motivation, the drive to make the telephone calls that I needed to, that were scary for me to to make, almost demanding that this unit was open, because that's what we were told, because um, that that was also it was all written up in our notes. We'd seen the consultant midwife this this second time round. It was in a different hospital, but I don't know whether that makes any real difference. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we were we were motivated to that wasn't going to happen again. Mm. Um, Do you think that makes the then the first experience worse because then the second experience things kind of went the way you wanted them to? There was not saying not about the plan, but what you wanted. If that went that way in the first one, you know those things may not have. Happen. Do you think that compounds like the difficulties of the of the first one because of the second one going well? Yeah, the the, the second one was was different. Like I say, very very different. Um, there were still difficulties. Yeah, yeah. but um, I think the does it make that that worse? It was pretty bad anyway. So I, I don't know honestly. Um, I haven't thought about it like that. I, I think we were, we were relieved that it wasn't going the, the same way. Mm. Just because in the first one, if they had maybe followed some of your sort of requests, yeah. then maybe it wouldn't have it would, the experience wouldn't have been so bad. So then, in the, the second time, when not obviously not saying it like went one hundred percent well, but because you got more of the things you actually wanted, mm -hmm. and it wasn't as bad, then you're like, well, you know, if you'd have done that the first time, then it wouldn't have yeah. been so traumatic for us, kind of thing. Very possibly. And then that kind of makes that kind of trauma worse, in fact, because you're like, then 
you 100% know that, oh, well, we should have done that the first time and then. Mm. Yeah, like I said, there were big question marks of whether Sammy's waters should have been broken or not. And no one's going to be able to tell me what, if, if they weren't, course, it would have yeah, done yeah, that. Yeah, no one's going to be able to tell me that, but that is something that... There's always that thought in, in your head where you're like, mm, well, if that had happened, if, then if, maybe. But if, yeah, so like I say, we, were, we advocated quite strongly for ourselves during the pregnancy and during the birth as well. So we felt more in control and it was more of a two-way communication rather than... The, the first one was, I just don't know what I'm doing here. And um, not being, you know, the communication wasn't there from the other side. Um, if it's, it's, it's a difficult one because we're, would, if that was our second birth and they were trying to break the waters, would we have advocated at that point and said, no, don't do that because of this, this and this? Um, I don't know. Like I say, no one's going to be able to tell me it would have gone a different yeah, yeah, of course. But having the consultant say that it was the pressure that was created by that procedure, that's what got her stuck. Mm. You know, it, it's plausible, therefore, if it wasn't done or if it was done maybe slightly later or, or, or whatever. But like I say, if, you, if she only needed to look at Sammy, she was in full-on full-on labour and things were happening. That, that was the other thing. Things were happening from the last induction. And from what we've read, yes, there's this procedure and yes, you know, an hour later or, or however long it was, you, you break the waters. But there are also caveats to that and there are also, you need to look at X, Y and Z and if those are happening, then there's no need. Mm. Um, and it was almost like she didn't look at X, Y, and Z. It was just, I've got this, I've got this job to do. So. I'm mindful of, of kind of bringing the group to a close, but I, I guess one thing that, as you say that, I'm really struck by then is the, the if anywhere, that highlighting the need for relationships during the birthing process, right? The need to be seen, the need to be heard and understood, right? Like our, our core needs, and how much they are needed at such a, a fragile period of time, right? Like actually to, to feel that you are being seen and heard, right? That she's seeing Sammy, they're seeing you. Like it's, it felt like there were kind of these missed moments, these missed opportunities of being seen, heard and understood. Yeah. Yeah. And I know none of us kind of, it felt like maybe didn't want to put words to John's experience or maybe what he would have thought or, or felt and maybe we can check in with him when, when he joins us for the next session. Because mm. um, I appreciate it might not feel comfortable to kind of speak on behalf of somebody too. So. I think for anybody who's expecting to have a child, it's so insightful to hear mm. what might happen. You know, doesn't happen all the time. But again, I'm not at this moment in time not looking to have children. But having never heard that, it sounds so wonderful and traumatic at the same time. I think having to be prepared for both ends of the spectrum is yeah. something that men need to be, you know, women as well, of course. So, for for John not being here, um, I think he would have really found it really useful to find as he's going into that mm. kind of stage of life of trying again for babies and such. And would have been vital for him to hear anybody else to hear. Um, and again, for me, I found it so useful to hear what sort of situation it's like for people to go through and mm -hmm. just massive respect to parents in, in general for having to go through that and then 
and then do and then all the, the 21 <laughs> years of looking after kids. So it, it's just been really insightful today. And I know, I know John definitely would have, would have found that. In a way, it kind of makes you think about you offering people a beer and a sit down. You've kind of done that to the masses here, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, in a, in a way, you might do that one on one with John, but he might also just have the opportunity to watch this back too. Four beers then. Six. <laughs> yeah. Six. Was it six? Six beers, John. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning this way to this side of the room and thinking about who wants to go I'm next. To the next well, I think um, off the back of what you discussed, I think it kind of moves. Into, into my kind of experience, so I'm happy kind of to... Medical and... Yeah, 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 happy to go next. Yeah. I'm going to leave the big crescendo to the end, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, no, happy to go next. And, yeah, yeah thanks for sharing that again. That's uh, yeah, thanks, it's something mm, really yeah, well, for me to you. take away and think about, so I appreciate mm. that, dude. <laughs>